Okay, um, just before we start, I just wanted to remind you that I've got the Angel Tree children have just been sent to me. Now, if you don't know what Angel Tree is, Angel Tree is uh, when we, when we um, from Prison Fellowship, we buy gifts for children of prisoners. So the chaplains in the jails ask prisoners if they'd like their child to be given a gift. And we buy a gift for about $30. And um, the, the, actually the father or the mother in jail um, gives us suggestions of what their child might like. And we go and buy it, which is fun. And then we wrap it up and we put the little message that the mum or dad has, has asked. And um, we most of them we're posting off. But we do have a family in Blackheath this year. So that's nice that we'll be able to support that family. So there's four children in that family, so we can do a hamper for that family too. So that's just to remind you that I, I do have the list of children there. There's 20 children. And um, if you would like to share in that way or, or just give a little donation, um, just see me afterwards. Okay, well, let's, um, let's just pray for a moment. Dear Lord, we just come to you and we just ask that you will take our minds and think through them. Take my lips and speak through them and take our hearts and set them aflame with love for you. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're in Colossians chapter 3 today and um, for those of you who haven't been with us, we've been going through the book of Colossians and we're up to Colossians chapter 3 and the first 17 verses. So um, I have to say that um, these verses have just touched my heart this week. And I'm, as I was just preparing this morning, I just had to kneel before the Lord and say, Hey Lord, I don't live up to this at all. I just want to know you better and to know your love more. So let's just look at that, um, the verses together. So we're living in newness of life. And the verses are Christ above all. And we'll just read the first four, for, for, yes, first four verses. Since you have been raised to new, I'm reading from the um, New Living Translation. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your hearts on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. Well, reading those verses, just reading them off like that, doesn't seem... Oh, well, it just seems a bit deep and a bit hard, perhaps, to understand. And so it's really important for us to go into these verses before we go into the next part of the verses. So um, I just... Um, so lately we've been talking a lot about baptism, haven't we? About being an open member and about baptism, whether you're baptised in the Baptists or the Anglicans or the or the charismatic, or wherever you've been baptised. And I guess baptism, wherever it comes, is a symbol to the world of what's happened in our life, isn't it? 
as as um, what the Greek Orthodox they get their little babies and they plunk them in the water and then plunk them out of the water. And of course, that baby doesn't know, but the parents are making a a um, a, a commitment that they'll bring their child up to know the Lord Jesus. And isn't it lovely to hear Veronica say that she can't remember a time when she didn't know the Lord. And to me, that's the most precious thing of all, that when we've been brought up and the Lord is just part of us from the day one, from day one. And um, and so uh, baptism is something that is to be mean something to all of us, that when we go down into that water... We're saying goodbye to the old life and we come out and we're raised up into a new life. And that's what's being talked about here in um, Colossians where he says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits at the place of honour at God's right hand. And what did God in his power do? He raised the Lord Jesus from the dead and when the Lord Jesus had been and um, been resurrected and, and walked among, on the earth for some time and then went back to heaven, the Lord um, God glorified him to be raised to that place of honour in heaven. And one day every knee will bow before him and every tongue confess him as Lord. So what's the Lord Jesus saying to us here? What's Paul saying how we should be living? We should live to set our hearts, our sights on the realities of heaven. We're to live like that on the realities of heaven. Now, how can we do that? You know, like you, you think about that little verse, people can be too heavenly minded to be of any earthly use. And, you know, there are a lot of people in, in um, our life that we meet who are very, very sanctimonious and very pious but as to anything very um, spiritual coming out of their life, well, no. And so and piousness and religion is not what is being talked about here. It's being talked about setting your mind on heavenly things, not on things of this earth. And golly, as we look at our earth today and look at the troubles that are on every hand, we need to be caring about that, but we also need to have a mindset on heaven. And how do we do that? How do we do that? You know, I was um, just this week, we were down at, um, we, we mind our grandchildren on a Thursday afternoon. We go down to Inmalee. And, um, and of course, you know, we lived in the lower mountains for a long time. And so I know a lot of the people on the lower mountains and, I noticed um, at, at our, at Gillian had in on her fridge a, a memorial, um, a, a book on a memorial service for a gentleman who had just recently died in their church, and um, and I looked at that um, memorial service. And I was really, really touched because when I was going to KYB down there at um, Winmalee at at this lady's home, whose husband had just died, we used to pray every week for this gentleman to come to know the Lord Jesus. He, Joy was a lovely Christian, but Bob would have none of it. And he would come in and see us all sitting around with our Bibles and he'd find a smirk and laugh and go off into the kitchen. 
But we all used to pray for him and Joy just lived out her Christian life. She had her mind set on heavenly things and she wanted her husband to be there with her one day in that. And you know, I don't know how Bob came to the Lord, but in recent years, Bob has come to the Lord and his life has been changed dramatically. So that now his mind too is set on heavenly things and it's set on the, on the service sheet that Bob had organised all the readings and all the songs that were sung. And I, I was very touched by one of the songs, which was in, in Christ Alone, um, My Hope is Found. He is my life, my strength, my song. And no fear in life, no, no fear in death, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the way of Christ in me. I thought, wow, what a newness of life for that man who used to smirk and laugh as we, as he went past us, but now gone to be with the Lord in glory. And isn't that a joy? And so that was the new life. He had a new life. And that's what we're to have too. A new life in Jesus Christ. And you know, when the Lord, I, I just thought about this while I was talking, while I was preparing this um, message. I was thinking, you know, when the Lord was resurrected, he was different, wasn't he? He had a, he had a resurrected body. It could go through doors. I don't know whether we're going to have a body like that in heaven, but it says we're going to be like him. And he was altogether heavenly, wasn't he? He had the scars of the wounds in his hands, but his disciples knew that he was a heavenly person now that he'd gone to be with his father and he'd come back, hadn't he? Like Mary, when she saw him in um, when he'd just been resurrected, and he said, don't touch me because as yet I haven't gone to my father. And he came back in that resurrected body. He was altogether heavenly. And you know what? That's what we're supposed to be in this world. We've resurrected from the old life. One day we're going to be resurrected into glory. But here now... We are resurrected to be altogether heavenly. And oh gosh, I fell in that completely and utterly. But you know, um, that's what we're to set our minds on, to become like Jesus, altogether heavenly. And it says, you know, that think about the things of heaven, not about the things of the earth. And I, I thought this week, right, well, I'll just see how my mind wanders this week. As I was preparing this, I'll see what I think about moment by moment. It's, an, it's, a, it's a good thing to do. So in this week that lies ahead, you think how your mind goes when you're just daydreaming or when you're just doing a job, you know, and, and, and you've got time to think. What does your mind wander into? All the anxieties and cares? Or does it focus on Jesus? And that's what we've got to learn to do. To focus on Jesus. And then it goes on, it says, For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, I think an example of that at the moment, most of you probably know, here know Peter and Jane Falk, and know what a tough road they're going through, and how Peter um, has been um, diagnosed with this multiple myeloma and he's a very sick man but as they go through this valley of the shadow their lives are hidden with Christ in God and you know John Newton said a little piece which I think is lovely 
that when we're hidden with Christ, when our life is hidden with Christ in God, we're beyond the reach of harm. And yes, it doesn't mean that things are going, not going to hurt us or not going to trouble us or that we're not going to get very emotional over it. But the thing is that we know that we're safe in God's hands. And you know, my, I, I used to say to my dad, Dad, what's your favourite song? And my favourite, dad, my dad's favourite song was Safe Am I, Safe Am I, and we don't sing it anymore, but it was a beautiful little chorus, Safe Am I, Safe Am I, in a hollow of his hand, sheltered all, sheltered all, in his love forevermore. No fear can harm me, no no ill can harm me, no foe alarm me, for he keeps both day and night. He's always on duty. Safe am I, safe am I in the hollow of his hand. That's what it means to be hidden in Jesus Christ. We're hidden in Jesus Christ so that the adversities of this world, yeah, they'll come, they'll come, and the sorrows and the sadness of loss and all those things will come but we're held safe in God's hand. And isn't that precious? So these first verses verses are very precious. And then that last verse, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. What a beautiful verse. When Christ, who is your life, is Christ our life? Is that what we live for? You know, it's all very well to say Christ is our saviour and that's wonderful to have made that decision to have him as our saviour. And then we can say that Jesus is our Lord and that, and, and that we, and that we kneel before him as, a, as our Lord and our God. But Christ is our life? What does that mean? That means, that means sacrifice. That means that if he's our life, then we're not in control anymore. He is. So we've got to hand over the controls to the Lord and let him be our life. And, um, and yeah, so that's also in, in that beautiful hymn, isn't it? Um, in, in Christ alone, he is our life, our joy, our strength. So then um, we go on to the next part of the chapter, which tells us about how we can... T- to how we can go about some of these things. Okay, so we'll read 5 to 17 now. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now's the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behaviour, slander and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilised, slave or free. Christ is all that matters and he lives in us. Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, 
kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Oh, it's a big ask, isn't it? All those things. So we're told, first of all, to take off our old clothes. And that's when we go down in the water, we take off our old clothes. But, oh my goodness, they cling to us, don't they? That's, uh, I, I like the, the, where it says, those earthly things lurk within you. And isn't it awful to think that, you know, we think about um, burglars lurking. <laughs> but, um, but these things, these evil things lurk in us at times. And so... We've got to, first of all, take off sexual immorality, impurity, lust and evil desires. And we all shrug our shoulders and say, oh, well, that's all right. We're doing that okay. But do you know, it's very hard to do that okay in this world. In this world where anything goes, as long as you feel affection for someone, anything goes. But the Lord says you're to take you're going to get rid of those things. And with the internet so full of, um, of, of all these things that can take our minds away from Jesus Christ, it's very hard to have pure thoughts and, um, and, and not, to, not to get waylaid in, in um, these things. And so it's good for us to be reminded that we've got to be very careful that we steer clear of all these things. Greed, which is idolatry. And, um, you know, I, I, I've, um, I remember when Ian was working with a gentleman and, um, and that man, whenever you talk to him, I mean, well, he wasn't a Christian. And so whenever you talk to him, he would tell you about the latest meal he'd had and the latest restaurant he'd gone to and how wonderful they all were. And, um, and you know, I think it's so easy for greed. It, it, it becomes a god, doesn't it? And in our world, with all the, you know, the different restaurants that you can go to and the hats that they wear, etc., um, it can become idolatry. But not just greed when it comes to, to food. Greed when it comes to fashion or greed when it comes to money or greed when it comes to ambition. That's all idolatry and can take us um, away from Jesus Christ, can't it? So we've got to be careful about that. Oh, then we come down to anger, rage and malicious behaviour. And you know, anger leads to rage and leads to malicious behaviour. And so I've, I've put them all together. And, um, and you think to yourself, oh, um, well that's something that, that can be close to our hearts. That's something that can happen to us quite easily. And you know, sometimes we say there can be righteous anger, and sometimes there can. But sometimes we let it go on to become rage, to become malicious behaviour. 
And then they're slander, dirty language and lies. You know, they're, they're, they're things of the tongue. And if anyone knows about those sins, it's Mary. Um, I have had to learn lots and lots of things about my tongue. Um, when it comes to saying too much, too many, too, and, and the wrong thing at the wrong time. And so we need to learn and lies. You know, you think, oh, it's all right. You know, it doesn't really hurt to say that. But, um, in, in God's sight, it's all part of our filthy behavior that, that characterizes our old person. And you know, it's easy to say, we come to the Lord Jesus and it's in a moment or we've known him all our life like Veronica has said, but do you know it takes a lifetime to really come to know Jesus? And here I am, I've known the Lord Jesus since I was 10 years old, I'm now 75 and I'm still trying to get off those old things that that's a lurk around. So we've got to put on our new clothes, and this is much nicer. It's always nice wearing new clothes, isn't it? And so we've got to have um, the new things, and um, and so we take off. The, so we we put on the new things. And what are the new things? Well, first of all, you need your undergarments, and the undergarments—the thing that should really just underwrite all your Christian life—is. Tender-hearted mercy and kindness. And wow, isn't it a world that needs tender-hearted mercy and kindness? It certainly does. Our world needs tender-hearted mercy and kindness. So that's the undergarment that you put on first of all. And then what else do you need to put on? You need to put on your headpiece, which is humility and gentleness. And you know, probably all of you have read at some stage or other in life, David Copperfield and that dreadful character Uriah Heep who used to go around saying, I'm humble, I'm really, really humble. So when people say they're humble, they're definitely not. And um, and so that is something that should just um, um, appear to other people, whether we're whether we really know humility. And, you know, as Christians, I think that the sins that can so easily pervade us is our sin of pride and self-righteousness. And then humility goes right out the door. So we need to know humility and gentleness. And our life has to reflect that on our headpiece. And... um, I hope you don't get as, uh, as a, uh, well, I think it is hard to get on that humility and gentleness as me getting this wretched thing on my head. Um, and then the outer garments. And first of all, with the outer garments, it's patience. Ian will tell you that I'm a very un, un, impatient person. And forgiveness. Now, this has really touched my life this week. Because I was thinking about this and thinking, oh yeah, that's alright, forgiveness. But you know, there's someone in my life that I find really hard to like. And he's a, and, and he's the husband of one of my friends and she, nowhere near here, nowhere near here. But, but he's the husband of one of my friends and I find him very hard to like because my, my friend is, she's a Christian. She's a lovely Christian. Um, and he is too. Um, but I find that he's treated her abominably. But anyway, um, I, I have had no love in my heart or forgiveness. You know, I, whenever I think of him, I, I think, 
I think, bad thoughts. And it just came to me this morning and I thought, Mary, how can you get up there and preach, tell people this morning how they should be living when you can't live it? And, um, and so um, I've had to say, Lord, I'm really, really sorry. You have been putting this on my heart for some time. And I've been saying, well, it's all right because I love, I love my friend. But it's not all right and it's not good and it's something that I've got to ask the Lord to forgive me for. And so forgiveness can come in many places. Sometimes it is a huge thing to have to forgive some terrible sins that have happened perhaps to you. And to forgive that is very, very difficult. But do you know God wants us to to do it in, and we can't do it in our own strength? Even for that silly forgiveness, I have to go to the Lord for the, to give me that forgiveness. And we need to go to the Lord for that forgiveness when it's something that we've been really hurt over and something that has affected our lives. But we need to ask the Lord to do it in our lives because otherwise it it takes the sweetness away from our relationship with Jesus Christ and it makes a little bitterness grow in our life. So we need to ask him for forgiveness, to be able to forgive. And, and so there are these wonderful things. And so what is the outcome when we put on these lovely things? Well, oh yes, and it says, remember the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. And when you think of what the Lord has forgiven us, how can we not forgive others? And then, and then it says, above all, clothe yourself with love. And you know, that's got to be like the girdle around our waist. Love is what's so important. So bind that around all the, all the other clothes. And then what, what is the outcome? The outcome is peace that passes all understanding, the peace of Christ. It says, um, yes, and let the peace that come from Christ rule in your heart, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. We need to always be thankful for what God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit has done for us. We need to be thankful. And it's an outcome of putting on our new clothes that we will be thankful. And it also says that we'll be given wisdom. And for uh, and let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. He gives us the wisdom. It's not ours. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. And that's what I love about this church because I do think that our worship team is so beautiful in, in leading us in worship. And, and we sing as if we really mean it. And that's the lovely thing. And, and then, you know, the most important thing of all is this verse 17, which sums it all up. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus. Whatever we do, that, that verse sums up the whole lot, doesn't it? Whatever we do, we do it all as a representative of Jesus Christ. As you go out into the world, do people know that you're a representative of Jesus Christ? In the ways you speak, in the things you do, can you say, can they say, 
oh, that person is a representative of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and so that's what we, I think that can be our, our, our motto. Let us go out wanting most of all that whatever we do or say, and remember, when we say things, when we talk to each other, the Holy Spirit is always with us. And so we should be careful how we talk. And so whatever we do, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. Let's just pray. Let's finish in prayer. Our loving Heavenly Father, we come to you as your children. And Lord, we know that um, that we fail. But we want to be more like Jesus. We want to have that heavenly heavenliness about us that the Lord Jesus had well he had it all his life but especially when he was resurrected and Lord we just long for the day when we will have that resurrected body and be with you in in heaven but we pray that we might just um, just set our minds on heavenly things that our thoughts each day might be moulded around you And Lord Jesus, we do pray that that our whole lives might be a sweet fragrance to the Lord Jesus. Please help us to clear up those things that lurk in our hearts. Please help us to really do something about them and to change our attitudes so that we are like Jesus. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.